Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And away we go with the Sunday Smash. It is great to be with you. Hope this Sunday finds you doing well. Quick update for those of you just watching, say, on your phone or traversing about 3117. Make that 3417 Rams over the Bucks. We could talk about Florida State football. We could talk about whatever we've seen in the NFL. Hello, Ira. How are you, brother? I'm pretty good, man. Pretty good. Just still trying to uh, digest what we saw yesterday and maybe – Maybe block it out a little bit. Maybe just start moving on and moving on to the rest of the week. I don't know. I'm actually in a better place than I think the fan base is. I actually came away from this game very encouraged. There's a lot of positive signs uh, from the second quarter on. It's well, amazing how much better they played. I'm with you. I agree to the most part. And that's kind of how I felt last night. But mm. then I think when I went to bed and I woke up this morning and I kind of started reliving the first half. Oh, buddy, yeah. The first quarter. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah, um, the first quarter is as bad as it gets, and it's a damning indictment of Adam Fuller and his team. Um, I, I will tell you, that's the most aggressive, and uh, right off the bat, um, I do appreciate the contribution there. Um, uh, what's that, What does that say? Slice uh, Sly, Carpenter. Carpenter. Yeah, Silas yeah. Carpenter. Yeah, Silas Carpenter. Sorry, Silas, don't want to screw up your name. So this is a relaxed conversation. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Sunday Smash uh, Ira and I just shooting the shit, talking about whatever. Um, it is not safe for work. It's not safe for kids. But it's nothing too terrible either. We're not going to get down in the gutter. Um, we'll, we'll talk about whatever we feel like talking about. But uh, I will tell you this. Ira, I, I'm unwavering, man. That's the best half of football Florida State's played defensively in forever. And um, when you're a bad team and the win expectation that we currently have is somewhere in the neighborhood of three, I'm going to take what I can get. I'm going to take what I can get. And that was a group that read their keys, that triggered, that played aggressive, that played with good technique. So I went back and watched the game this morning. That is the best defensive football for two and a half quarters that they've played in the last four years. It was, it was as you draw it up, period, period. So what do you, what do you think changed? I don't know. I don't know if – they were tired of getting bitched. I don't know because an athlete's pride, an athlete's competitive pride can kick in when you're getting humiliated. Um, if you just look at the scheme, and I did, they really didn't do that much different. There's a there's a there's a part in the second quarter early where they go a lot of zone, Ira. Yeah. And then they, and, and which but they then, also which they also can cannot play. Uh, right. They're not good at that. Right. Yeah. But but what I'll tell you is they go away from it and they go back to man. So this is why it's important. When they go back to man, you now require guys to make some plays. And these guys, I mean, this is this is a test, this is a test of your manhood at that point. You now you've been told you got to make a play. It certainly helped that Louisville lost a receiver uh in this was the second quarter, whatever that was. I, I'm I'm trying to uh note the, the exact moment. But when he went down, that's not a deep receiving core. There was not a lot at that point for them to worry about, you know, lifting the lid. And I feel like Florida State just decided, F it, let's go. And they played with a ferocity 
and a nastiness that we have not seen in a long time. And I talk about reading their keys, Ira. The fourth down attempt by Louisville is a great example of flattening and getting guys out on the edge and then coming up and hitting a son of a bitch. And they didn't get fooled by stupid window dressing. They read their keys. They came up. They played off of it. They shed. And they hit. It's the first time that that's the first time I've seen real defense being played by Florida State in a long time for a prolonged stretch. You know, you give up a touchdown or a field goal on five consecutive drives to start the game. In essence, you've lost the game. Admittedly, some things changed there. But I will tell you that if you go back to the next eight drives, that's a whole lot of what for that Florida State's playing with. And it wasn't just because Louisville turtled. Right, Louisville's, try, Louisville's trying to make plays, Ira, but they can't stay on the field. If you're a Florida State fan, I get it, man. Florida State's 0-4. Florida State's not a good football team. This program right now, if you're one of our rivals, laugh at Florida State. I would. I laughed at Florida when they went 4-8 and eight and whatever. What I am saying is if you're looking for incremental progress and you want to believe that there's something that can carry over, what you saw for the last two and a half quarters has to give you pause to think that, okay, they're still, A, 100% bought in, and B, they may now play with a little bit of confidence for the first time this year. It would be huge if it, if it, if it holds. Um, you know, it's just hard to, to – it's hard to – I mean, just re- the reality is it's hard to believe that they can sustain it just because they haven't sustained it. But – I'm, I'm with you. They haven't, they, we haven't seen them play like that in a long, long, long time. Um, it does dispel, you know, some of the, a lot of people want to say that, oh, this team just doesn't have talent. This team just doesn't. And I, I think there's a little bit of truth to that, but the reality yeah, is yeah. you don't have to have a ton of talent to not give up touchdowns on five straight drives. There's not that big of a de- difference in talent to where Louisville is just this almighty team and Florida State can't slow them down at all. I mean, clearly the guys were just not doing their assignments, not understanding their assignments. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, so that's – you'd like to believe it's going to it's gonna carry over. It's just I understand for people – I understand it completely people that don't buy it that are just as worried about the first half as they are pleased with what they saw in the second. So that first touchdown, the long touchdown, and Brendan Gant screws up, screws up over the top and Miko gets beat. You know what's weird about that play when you watch it? There's no trickeration there at all. It's a play-action pass. It's just simple play-action pass. They're in basic coverage there. There's no reason to give that up. And the only thing I can think of there is that, A, they're not all that talented, to your point, about there is there is an issue there with personnel. Uh, but, B, I don't think they believed in that moment, just as they have not believed most of this year, that they could make that play or that they can make a play. I think what the rest of the game is about is how many times they did make a play. How many times they did get off the field on third down? Uh, I got. I, I got to tell you, I was really encouraged. It's not a. Again, if you come at it from the place of, I'm tired of losing. Zero and four is zero and four. This is embarrassing for Florida State. Agreed. Check. 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 If you come at it from the place of this is a major rebuild, and you better see signs that they have sustained buy-in and belief, and or that they're also willing to commit now and play aggressively, trigger, understand their – see, to me, last year was a lot about them not understanding what they were being asked to do. And, you know, COVID, it was a weird year. I thought at the beginning of this game that Adam Fuller could get fired by the end of the game. I thought there was a chance that they would give up 70 points and that that guy could get fired by the end of the game. Now, I've had the good fortune, so have you, of talking to Adam Fuller He's a bright guy, but there's a lot more to coaching than understanding the X's and O's and being a bright guy. It's imparting that wisdom, teaching, and then getting guys to play fast. Florida State is yet to play fast. There are pockets and spells in which they have. But think about how long and how many times in this game they got off the field and gave their offense a chance. Now, we'll get to the offense in a second, but I do think that that was the first time in forever that I saw a team play with a chip on their shoulder, play angry, trigger, read their cues, play with good technique, fire downhill, and hit a son of a bitch. That, to me, man, that's football. And and it's you don't play that way unless you're comfortable with what you're doing, unless you start to believe and have confidence. I think they've taught it well, Ira. It may not be that this guy's long for this world here, but I don't think it's because Adam Fuller doesn't know what he's doing. 
I do think he's had a hard time getting the back end of the defense to buy in. Now, the front end of the defense is good. That, that front four is solid. And they're even good even when they've got guys dinged up. Yeah. Their subs were good. So, I don't know. I think there's a little something to hang your hat on to this week. Uh, it's the first time I've been encouraged in a while. Yeah, no, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. I've never doubted for a second that Adam Fuller could coach a defense just because, again, Mike Norvell, he worked for Mike Norvell before. Right. I do think Mike Norvell knows what he's doing. Uh, the 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 process has taken longer than it should, probably. It's definitely taken longer than I'm sure he wants. Um, but at the same time, I don't think it's because he doesn't know what he's doing. And he brought Adam Fuller here. The question to me has always been, and it's certainly been the case this year, is can he connect with these players? Can he get them to believe fully and what he because that man that's been the problem for a long time. Uh, mm. I don't I don't think these players these players not these players but Florida State's defensive players d- didn't believe in Charles Kelly. No, I don't I don't think they really believed in Harlan Barnett. Well, Harlan got screwed because well, there Harlan, was some, yeah, yeah. Harlan didn't even believe what he was doing for most correct, of the correct, time. Correct. He was being asked to do something he, he didn't want to do. And 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 when you don't have success, it's hard to believe in your coaching unless they're just you know so charismatic that you're, you will. They'll make you believe anything they say. They can tell you anything sure. and you'll buy in. But for the most part, most coaches need to have some success and they haven't had it. Um, I don't know what changed in the second half. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe cha- challenging their manhood, but you kind of think that might have happened before now. Um, but whatever it is, I guess you just don't question it and you just want to see it get better. But um, I mean, that first half, it's just, I mean, it's just hard to get past. As, as, as much as you want to be excited about that second half, it's hard to forget about the first half, man. I'm going to go back. Let's see. I cut some notes here. Um, so, no, no. So here, here's what I'll say to the fans. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up because I made sure I marked this down. I wanted to look at this. Ira, it is an 11-point game with 12 minutes to play in the third quarter. They did not shut it down. Bullshit. They didn't shut it down. They, they got you. they got stopped. I'm not saying you you were asserting no, no. that. Yeah, I am. But I'm yeah, but I've heard a bunch of fans bullshit. They did not shut it down. They got shut down. Period. You're not crap. You're not turtling when you're up 11 with 12 minutes to go in the third quarter. No sir. No sir. They were they were trying to make plays. Now, they a couple of things happened. First of all, I do think when Cunningham got hit, there's a play where Cunningham gets hit, and you can see he gets up a little wide eyed. I'm yeah, not real sure. Takes one. The one they yep. reviewed for targeting. Yeah. yeah I'm not Briggs, sure. Briggs got him right in the chest. And it's a good hit. Yeah. And I'm glad for once they didn't call targeting. I'm kind of curious if they decided at that point they didn't want him to get hit anymore because they did stop letting him running be him. the focal point yeah. of the offense with running him, which would have been a difference maker because he is a good player when he's running. But outside of that, man, they got stopped. They got stopped on third down repeatedly, which is not what happened in the first half, obviously. They got stopped on third down throws. And again, that fourth down stop on it was third and short yardage and fourth and short yardage. And Florida State physically whipped their man in front of them. They understood their cues, they understood their reads, they triggered and they played technically sound and they were smart. Man, Brownlee came up and played with a fury that we haven't really seen in a while. Good on that kid, by the way, because he's been burnt a million times, but he played aggressive. I, I like that kid, by the way. He's got a yeah. whole lot of what for to him. He's not the most talented kid of all time, but he's got a lot of fight. And you could use that with this team. I'm telling you, I wake up this morning feeling good, and I feel even better tomorrow. They're not a good team. So you have to understand the baseline for what we're gauging is is very different than what it should be at Florida State. I got that. And Florida State fans are beside themselves watching this team lose every week. Got it. Got it. Once you accept that they're not good and that personnel is bad and that there are in essence, about three or four games that you can win remaining on the schedule. Now you got to start looking for guys that you can win with moving forward. Now you got to start looking for real growth from the players that you throw out there, real buy-in, sustained buy-in. And then you have to see the coordinators make adjustments based on the failures of those players that aren't uh, you know, giving you much at this point. Now, one of the problems, Ira, and I want to get your opinion on this, buddy, they don't have a quarterback, man. They don't have a quarterback. And, you know, bless his heart, McKenzie Milton is physically really in a tough, tough spot. Um, He's got a terrible arm. It's not a good arm at all. He still has the brain for the game. I thought Louisville made some mistakes by speeding him up. Mm -hmm. When Louisville decided to blitz and they brought heavy from the outside, 
that actually helped McKenzie Milton because he could get rid of the ball quickly. Yeah. So, you know, he, he's still smart enough to know what he's seen. And I always say this about a good quarterback. You know, if you're going to burn the blitz, you're going to throw from whence they came. And he did a very good job of reading the pressure before snap. Pre-snap reads are really good. I think you probably have to ride with him, but he's not a good quarterback. He's got a weak arm. He's physically uh, not capable of doing certain things. I mean, we can talk about the turf monster. Bless his heart. That actually broke my heart watching a guy try to make a play, and his foot just doesn't work. It's happened more than once. Yeah, I think the that's the thing that if, if he's going to be the guy the rest of the season, and it, I, I guess he will be, um, mm-hmm. Unless you just maybe sprinkle in some series for Chubba Purdy, uh, maybe Jordan comes back and you do something with him. But but I think M- Mackenzie Milton's probably going to be the guy for most of the season as long as he can be. You'd like to see him. I don't know, except what he is physically. I don't know if that if it's fair to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I feel like sometimes he wants to do the things he used to do and can't do the things he used to do. And so I think there are times where he's thinking okay, I can escape this situation by doing this. It's like, man, you don't have those wheels anymore. And and, yeah. and, and yeah. if he can accept that and maybe adjust his game, you know, just like you know, playing with the old guy at the Y. Who, yeah, you know, yeah. he knows. He, he's not trying to drive you to the lane. He's going to do a little, you know, jab step this way, fake this way, hit the little yeah. floater. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, change to what you can physically do. Maybe – because also with his arm strength, I think because of what happened to his lower body, I think that's affected his arm strength. And so if he can adjust to that and, and manage the game, I also think to your point about the way he played when he was under pressure, I also think the two minute drill stuff, look, I mean, he looked yeah. great in that drill. Um, yeah. And so whatever they can do to kind of get him in a bet, look, get him in that rhythm of getting the ball out of his hands quicker, uh, I think is a key as well. Yeah, you gotta get you gotta win first down though, because the, all that hurry up stuff only works if you win first right. down. And right. and so you've got to win first down. I, I listen, Milton's mind is still there. It, it was abundantly clear to me. I rewatched the game this morning, Ira, and I took copious notes last night watching the game because I had to host the post-game show with Gene. I want to make sure I knew what I was looking at. And thank you, Travis, very much. I'll answer your question in a moment. Uh, appreciate your contributions. And any of you who are contributing to what we do, we really do appreciate it. I, I never mean to overlook you. Sometimes I just get blabbermouth syndrome. Um, but 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 what I will tell you is when they hurried him up, I couldn't believe Satterfield was allowing that to happen because he's such a quick mind. McKenzie gets what Travis doesn't, you know, and, and that's where Jordan struggles. He's not an accurate passer and he doesn't pre-snap real well. And then McKenzie doesn't physically, he can't physically do some of the things that Jordan Travis does. First of all, his arm is weak. It's just straight up weak. There's no getting around that. So he has to win with a quick release, and he has to win with pre-snap. Um, so I, you know, they're going to try to they're going to try to run tempo in those situations. But if you lose first down and a defense knows what's coming, it's it's danger zone. It's danger zone. There's a oh, reason, sure. yeah. And there's a reason, by the way, uh, uh, Ira. There's a reason also why a lot of that success with the inside zone stuff is when they're running tempo. If a team has a chance to set. They're just going to whoop this offensive line's ass up front um, time and again. That's why they went to the trickeration uh, because there was enough time run between plays on that fourth down direct snap. Jordan Wilson screws that up because he's not supposed to be staring at the side. He's supposed to put his hands on a, a crashing defender. But I actually don't mind the call because they actually can't legitimately win physically by moving those guys, not when those teams yeah. know it's coming. No, I agree with you. And, and in that situation – I really didn't have any problem with all going for it. The earlier fourth, the fourth down in the first half where you're yeah. basically at midfield, I just, because of the point you just made, they don't have confidence in anything they can do in those short yard situations. Yeah. They don't, they know they can't run at people and get the two yards. They know they, 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 they don't have a quarterback that can make the play with his legs. And so it has to be some sort of gimmick for, in this case, it was the trick Correct. play where you're looking at the sideline. Latin. That's why they suck in the red zone, Ira. They well, can't they gets, can't move people. And against yeah. Wake Forest, it was the McKenzie running on fourth and two. I mean, they know they can't just line up and go at people. Okay, well, maybe then fourth and short isn't for you. You know? I mean, sure, I, I just sure. now in the in the fourth quarter, I got it. And they there's times running, they've they're down two scores, they gotta do whatever they can do. But I do think he's 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 taking too many gambles, I think, with some of those other fourth down calls because 
for all the reasons you said. I mean, you don't have, you just don't have the personnel to do what you want to do. Um, and then the other part, and you you made the comment about the you know getting a, get a getting out of long distance uh, down distance situations. I wrote about it today. Uh, yeah, uh, in the three two one They're so bad in third and fourth because oh, yeah. they. It's just because that's mostly personnel. You don't have receivers who you can count on. You don't have an offensive line that can pass protect in obvious passing downs. And you don't have very good quarterback play. So, so this this offense when they get in second and long, really, or even third, or certainly third long, it's a wrap. Or even third and medium in this game, yeah, yeah, they they can convert two out of twelve, I think, in anything over third and four, um, which is just horrendous. Let's answer Travis's question. And again, thank you for the uh, contribution, Travis. We do appreciate it. What do you think the minimum win total that Norvell needs to achieve to keep this recruiting class is intact? I think this class is the most important for Norvell moving forward. Oh, you're damn right it is, Travis. uh, Raising the floor uh, of talent for this team is paramount. Um, So it's hard to answer that question in terms of a specific win total because clearly, Ira, they did a real good job of, of minimizing expectations. Um, I think that at 0-4, you would have seen a mass exodus already if those kids were told in any way to expect a winning season, to expect a good season. You know, I think that's a real mistake. It was a mistake that Willie made, by the way, and really overplaying his hand. I think Willie would still be here uh, if he had not told the free world that they were going to be good and that they were going to light up the scoreboard. And then the antithesis happened because I don't think anybody wants to fire somebody two years into their time because you know you're nuking the roster and starting over. So to me, it was a combination of disorganization, problems off the field, problems within the coaching staff, but also you cannot overpromise and underdeliver. And he did that. So my guess is this staff and Mike Norvell have not told these recruits to expect a lot from this year's team. Um, I think they probably told him that you'll see that there's ample opportunity for you to come in here and play. Uh, and these guys know that. That's not to say they're not going to lose some guys, because if you keep losing, at some point, kids are going to second guess and start to say, well, I could go to Georgia. I could go to Clemson. I could go to Ohio State. I could go wherever. I got it. But I think that as long as you minimized expectation, you, expectations, you've got a chance to, to really kind of hold on to the bulk of this class which is a game changer when you're in a total rebuild and you bring in a top 10 yeah. class. It, now, I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be a game changer in 2022, though. And I think No, that's, they're uh, not going to be good next year, I, by the I, way, guys. And, that's, you know, and this, this game and really some of these recent games, you've seen examples of that. For example, in this game, one of the touchdowns that Louisville had, the corner or the DB that had a, the first chance to get the guy on the ground was Amarian Cooper, is a true freshman who I like a lot. I think he's going to be yeah. a really good player. Mm-hmm. But – just he just whiffs on the play. He's just never been in that situation before in a game against another scholarship athlete from another school and just didn't mm. make the play. But I think his future is really bright. But you're going to have those growing pains. Kevin Knowles is another player we like a lot. When he's yeah. been out there, he's had some mistakes. Shaheen Brown's gotten in there a little bit and he's made some mistakes. You know, it, that, that group coming in next year, I think this freshman class is talented. That group coming in next year, I think is super talented if they can keep them. But it, you know, you throwing those guys out there right away. This isn't college basketball where you can win with you know, maybe a lot of freshmen and sophomores. That's going to, you know, this process is still going to have to, you know, take some time. They're going to have to probably get, you know, plenty more transfers as well. Yeah, you know, so I, there's no doubt they got to get more transfers and they, they got to find a way. I mean, you got to be careful when you do that. You have to understand what you're bringing in. You're going to swing and miss on some of these guys. Um, but I will tell you, and I, I said this in the post game. a guy called in from Los Angeles and he was saying about, well, listen, Florida State's a blue blood. It shouldn't take this long. Uh, take a look at what's happening with Pittman at Arkansas. Uh, I think a better example, by the way, is Mel Tucker at Michigan State. Uh, they're 4-0 and they've looked really good. And they've done, hey, listen, that's true, man. You can commend other coaches for doing a good job while fully admitting that those circumstances are different. Also, they may be doing a better job than Mike Norvell and his staff. I think at this point that's resoundingly true. But I would also say, and because I had to research this because I did a preview for the Michigan State game against Nebraska, Mel Tucker in, in, in a short period of time, same amount of time Mike Norvell, he had one uh, COVID season and now this his first real season. Ira, they brought in 40 new players. 40. The kid that leads Michigan State in rushing, which also leads the country in rushing, is a Wake Forest transfer. Mm-hmm. Imagine if he had been there last week. The Walker, the third kid. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Forty. Yeah, he's new, really good. Yeah. Forty new players. Forty. So you know, I think what he gets commended for isn't just flipping a roster pretty quickly, but how do you get forty kids to play together? How do you flip a roster and get all these mercenaries to believe in the same thing? That's what he gets credit for. He gets a ton of credit for that. That's hard to do. Well, you also now that, that, that's part of two classes. Don't get me wrong. That's also right. including the recruiting class. But forty new players on a roster in a year and a half is insane. You know what's funny though, man is is my biggest concern was a lot of the transfers. You know, I, I didn't know a guy like Jermaine Johnson. He's coming in for one year. Clearly, he's coming in. The main reason he came to Florida State was because he could be on the field every play, try to make you know make NFL teams realize he could be a guy that they need to draft pretty highly in the NFL draft. Is that guy going to care at all about the team? You know, is he going to buy in at all? And he has. I think. I think he plays. He's been awesome. He, he does not sell out. He's not just trying to make plays. He's playing within the system, from everything I can tell. Um, and he's a you know a team guy. He celebrates with other players. He plays hard. He's making plays down the field, sideline to sideline. Um, Touchdown, Bucks. Sorry. Oh, okay. All right. I'm a little bit behind you. I'm screaming here. 34-24. Well, only a minute left, buddy. A minute and 10 left. Game's over, buddy, but I get credit for that Tom Brady touchdown pass is all I'm saying. Go ahead. What was the line? What was the line on that? Uh, It was the Bucks were favored by a point and a half. I took the Rams. The Bucks were favored there, really? Yeah, I was shocked by that line. I I really was surprised. but uh, They're public now, man. Yeah, I took I took the Rams because uh, this game means a lot more to the Rams. But no JPP, uh, no AB. There's just a lot of reason to believe the Rams were going to win this game. Did Bernard Anyhow. get hurt on that, or is he just shaking? Yeah, him? I think he got hurt there. I mean, he got hit pretty hard. It was on the knee. We'll see. Uh, that's unfortunate with a buck ten to play that that could be a season ender. Um, but I'm glad he got in. Anyhow, so <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of heart there, Jeff. Um, ruthless baby, ruthless. But um, but. For the most part, I mean, I think most. Of, I mean, they're not they're not all hits by any stretch, but 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 a lot of those guys seem to be Keir Thomas. Um, those guys seem to be playing hard, trying to be part of the solution. Yeah. And, and I think the young kids want to go in the right direction. They just can't lead because they're young. Where this team, and I think that's when you're comparing, like, why does that second year coach have success and this second year coach doesn't? A lot of it is circumstances, and a lot of it's what you inherited. I'm not trying to make defenses for Mike Norvell. I'm just trying to say that every situation is not the same, and you could walk no. into a situation um, where you just hit the right group, and they're just waiting for somebody to come in and 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 be that voice or whatever it is, and they buy in right away. This was a tougher situation. You went through two coaching changes back-to-back in a short amount of time, and you had a lot of issues from the start, and then you had a lot of players leave. So again, I'm not I'm not defending what they're doing. I think they should. There's no excuse for being 0 and 4 right now. They should never have lost to Jacksonville State. Uh, I think you, yeah, if they played yeah. a, if they played a complete game, they should have beat Louisville at home. Um, in the second half, I think Dick uh, illustrates that. Um, but the reality, but I also don't think it's fair to say, hey, he did it at that school, so you should sure, go to this. School. Sure, every no, and different. I- and I think it's perfectly acceptable to commend the people that did. Um, by the way, it was good to see Giannardo uh, Bernard, if I could say his name, got up and walked off. He's nice. fine. Um, so listen, really quickly, uh, Pittman's done an amazing job at Arkansas, and that win over Texas A&M is a big damn deal. And now Arkansas owns the state of Texas. Just beat Texas two weeks ago, beat Texas A&M this week. Man, good for them. Woo pig suey, baby. That's That's awesome to see. Just like Halfley's doing an incredible job at Boston College, just like you can argue that obviously what Mel Tucker's done is remarkable. Um, I can give you a slew of other coaches that were hired at the same time that are doing terribly, just like we're seeing right now with Mike Norvell. A big part of that, though, I do think has to be that you have to have some semblance. And we we keep getting back to this. And, Kevin, I'm going to answer your question in a second. We have to keep getting back to something here, and that is – you're struggling at quarterback immensely, and I also think your offensive line is just not even adequate. So it is partly, really partly tough. Because, partly because you, you still don't have Maurice Smith back. Maybe next week he'll be back. And Robert Scott's playing, but he's not healthy. So that that obviously that's two, two of your five starters are, are not healthy. That's a problem. Yeah, and you kicked one of the guys who would have been in the rotation off the team, which you had to do. Um, I, I will also tell you, by the way, 
I feel for Robert Scott. He's out there giving it his all. He's playing so hard. He's doing everything he can. But he got his ass kicked yesterday. He really didn't play well, um, especially not in pass pro. Uh, he's one of the guys that got beat when they were rushing three. Right. You know, that, that's he just got straight up whooped. Um, and that tells me there's some mobility issues with him right now. Um, they're going to get better. You've got some kids to grow with here, but you've also got six yeses so far verbally from offensive linemen in this next class. you got to throw some numbers at it. Got to bring a transfer or two in. Got to find a way to do that. I think you got to upgrade both at wide receiver and at linebacker through the transfer portal. You need immediate help moving forward next year. This is a lost season. They're not going to win a lot of games. I think it's healthier for you as a fan, if you're watching this, to, to understand when you're going into games, look, man, we all want to win games. Desperately want to win games. It sucks watching teams that lose games, especially teams that we care about. But when you when you level your expectations to understand they're a long ways from being any good at all, and you're just trying to find the evidence that they have gotten better this week, there was a lot of evidence in this last game that they got better this week. It started in about midway of the second quarter, and it went through the rest of the game. Does it carry over to next week? Does Do they play well in the first quarter? Ira, to your point, do they play well in the first quarter against Syracuse? Because if they don't, then I'll feel – Actually, absolutely devastated because I thought they had something to learn from this week and latch on to. If that's not true next week, then we're going to have a different conversation on the Sunday Night Smash. I want to comment on a couple of these uh, comments. The one that was just up there about former players who have gone on to other schools and done well. Yeah, this was uh, this definitely was a weekend where a bunch of those guys who have transferred uh, did have good games or their teams did well. Corey Durden had a couple of sacks in NC State. Uh, Jane Lars would be is at BC where they're doing well. Uh, DJ Matthews, uh, their, their team, they beat Western Kentucky, but at least they got a win. Um, and I think there might've been one or two others. Uh, the one thing I'd say about a lot of people are using that to throw at this coaching staff that, Hey, you guys had better players that you ran off. They didn't run all those guys off. Some of them went no. on their own. Sure. You're, you're talking about a, a transition. Those co- this coaching staff, a lot of those players that left were going through their third head coach in like yes. three years. And had every right to leave, every and right to get out. Yeah, You go from a guy like Jimbo Fisher who is at, at the tail end of his tenure and was leaving, so that was dysfunctional. Willie's year and a half was not very good. And then you bring in Mike Norvell. And so in the span of like three years, you're going through three – and Mike Norvell is a completely different head coach. Mm-hmm. That's a lot – I'm not going to say I blame those guys for – not wanting to stick around or for not liking this regime. But I also don't know that that's an, that's an indictment. Warren Thompson also, I think, is doing pretty well at Arkansas. But that doesn't mean they were going to work out here, is my point. They had gone through – what they had gone through these last three years, those last three years leading up to last season, was a lot. Yeah. And, it, and it just didn't fit. But that doesn't mean that this coaching staff is a problem and those guys, you know, were right to leave. Or I mean, it's just – it's easy right now to take shots at Florida State. You know, because and then the other question I want to mention, Lawrence Tofili. Somebody asked where he was. Uh, he was not in uniform. I think he's a little bit banged up. Um, yeah. So maybe he'll be back next week. That's why they used uh, DJ Williams as a third back, who I thought did pretty well. I thought he did really well. That was part of an exciting uh, thing that happened in this game. I thought he played well. He ran hard. He looked to be in shape for the first time since we've seen him. Uh, Kevin writes, uh, think the team found a little bit of an identity Saturday. Run the ball. Yes, I agree. Uh, Ward, Corbin, and Williams, 40 to 50 carries a game between the three. Uh, try and set up play action, just my opinion. No, Kevin, we appreciate your opinion. Thanks for uh, chiming in and watching the show, too. We, that's uh, greatly appreciated. Yeah, I think they did, too. And they went away from some of the gap stuff, and they decided to go inside zone. Again, you got to win first down. you got to win uh, occasionally in the short passing game. Um, listen, I, they're going to have problems winning games because they're not very good. I can't say that enough. They're just not very good. But you have to find some semblance of an identity. You have to play to your strengths. You have to see kids being put in positions to succeed. Now, they may lose one-on-one battles, and they often do. Um, but but if, if it's schemed up in a way that it makes sense and the kids are put in a position to succeed and they, and they don't make the play, you can live with that, man. You can live with that. That, yeah. that just means you have to raise the floor. That means you just have to get better players in here. And that's why that 2022 class is so important. You know, I'll give you a good example, Ira. The last throw, Parchment completely butchers there. That's on the receiver. That is not on Mackenzie Milton. There's a lot of things that happen on that play, and I don't want to get into the weeds. 
But that can't happen. You can't let that kid pick that pass off. And that is I, not on. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. But the only thing in, in I just, from being at practice, he doesn't win that play a lot. So I'm, that's that's my only concern. You know, I kind of called it a Hail Mary after the game when Corey and I did our rap. And Corey's like, that's not a Hail Mary. And I, it's not, but it basically is. I don't, I, I, that they don't hit that play very, unless he's open. Unless he's, unless he's, yeah, but you're desperate at that point, Ira. I, I mean, gotcha. I yeah. gotcha. But I'm just saying, it's not second it's down not, in the middle of the second quarter. I gotcha. I'm just saying, it's not as if they should have had an expectation that anything was going to happen differently than what happened. Oh, that's all I'm saying. He doesn't win that play, at least when we're out there. When we're out there, and I think he's a talented kid, but I've seen him not win that play way sure. more times than I've seen him win that play. Unless yeah, he's, he's not got really- three steps behind the defensive back. I haven't seen him win that play a whole lot. Now he made some other nice plays in that game. I'm not going to take that away from him. But in that, but in that situation, like I know people are outraged that he didn't compete more for that ball. To me, that was more like what I've seen in a lot of those situations. Completely agree. But this again speaks to a lacking personnel. Sure. They just don't have a lot of guys that you well, can trust in that situation. And you saw what they did. One of the things they did in that game was they put – Pokey more in the slot. They took Keyshawn yep. out, yep. which I think you know Keyshawn just has not been getting it done. They really thought that Keyshawn going to the slot this year was going to be a big benefit. It hasn't happened. Now you move Pokey from the outside to the slot where now he maybe can can take advantage of some of those mismatches that Keyshawn wasn't. Uh, but you got to have somebody else play outside and bring in Parchment and getting him more involved, I think, uh, was a good step. They got to figure out a way to. to I, I'm not doubting he's he's got talent and he is a guy you can play outside uh, and be productive. But I just you're you're going to have some of those plays and then you're going to have the spectacular catch where he, he drags a toe uh, on, on a yeah. you know, really big time catch on the sideline. So there's a couple of things there. Uh, I think the number one thing to take away from Parchment uh, just now it, this this last game is that he's still with us. And what I mean by that is, and I don't mean in life and death. I, I'm talking about. This guy we had completely given up on. There was no reason to think you were actually going to see him the rest of the year. Uh, he's had a sour attitude. Uh, he's he's had piss poor body language in every game that I've seen, and and that includes practice. Um, he's a guy that uh, I had thought, okay, well, you know, the folks at Kansas had warned everybody about, and the fact that he fought and played hard and made plays, okay. He's still here. He's still with us. He's still fighting. Maybe he's one of those guys that Norvell was talking about, Ira, about who's buying in all of a sudden. I would have never guessed that, but that's cool because they need all hands on deck, and he's played a lot of college football. So maybe maybe you found something there. He's not a great player. They don't have great players, but you better have whatever players you do have, you better have them all in and willing to compete and fight. And I thought that that held true on the defensive side of the ball. Look, man, Brownlee's a kid that you cannot continue to leave on an island. You can't let him – I mean, he's just not good enough. But, man, he's got a whole lot of what for to him. Right. He does care about football. And he loves his teammates in this team. And he continues to fight. Give me those guys, man. Right. Give me those guys. Because you don't have a lot right now. The Calvary's coming. We think if you can keep it intact – but you better have some football players that are willing to continue to fight when they're getting their ass kicked. And it's 31 to seven. And from that point forward, Florida State dominates the game. Now, Adam Fuller, you got to get these guys playing, man. You cannot have these guys out here half-assing playing football in the first quarter of games because it buries you. And you wrote about this and we all witnessed it. That's got to stop. Maybe it stops this week against Syracuse because they found something, because they found their balls. They found some confidence. Maybe that just happened in the middle of the second quarter to, to the end of the game because I saw a different-looking team. Uh, we had a couple of comments that got put up there. One was somebody asking about Demory Tate. Demory Tate came in last year, very highly, talented, highly touted, um, very talented physically cornerback. Uh, he didn't get to play last year because he was academically ineligible as a freshman. He came in uh, to pre- in spring. They were really excited about him. He got hurt, missed most of spring. He did participate in, the, in camp. He is out there at practice, um, yeah. but he's mostly on the scout team. I mean, it, and so I, you know, that means they feel like there's at least five or six corners that they feel better about uh, than him right now. Now he could work his way off of the scout team and get into the base defense. 
Uh, that hasn't happened yet. So I don't think you're going to see Demory Tate anytime soon. That could change as the season goes on. Um, but yeah, man, to your point, I, you know, I think that it, it's easy for us to say, but that's what, that's what you, when you see a performance like the second half, you feel like, okay, have they figured out the guys that they can fight, that they can go to battle with? Have they yeah, figured right. out yeah. those are the guys that need to be on the field because they're at least going to compete? And if they have, then that's a big difference. And it gives you a chance in some of these games. Because as long as you don't get steamrolled, the offense is, ba- is bad. The offense needs a lot of help. But if the defense can at least give you something close to what they did in the second half, at least you're in games. The problem these last two weeks is they haven't even been in games after the first quarter first, you know, 15, 20 minutes, and now you're playing from behind, and that's not a good situation for this offense. I have a question for you. What would you do, Ira? And obviously we're all just throwing around opinions here, but what do you do at quarterback? Uh, We've had a lot of questions here on the chat, and to some degree I've ignored them, not because I'm being an asshole, but because I actually don't have a good answer for this, and maybe you do. You know – I got to be careful how I phrase it, but I have not been overly impressed with Chubba Purdy in practice. Mm-hmm. Now, you've been at more practices, but when I watch Chubba play, I don't really see it, okay? I just don't see it yet. And maybe it'll happen. The kid's been through a lot of injuries. He, he, he went away from the team to, to get right mentally. Seems to have a great attitude now. I know he's working hard. I know he's committed. I'm not dogging him personally. There are some kids on this team that I would dog personally. He's not one of them. But he hasn't really shown, like he, to me, like he could be much of an answer right now at quarterback. But I also understand that given what you and I just got done talking about with McKenzie Milton's physical limitations and this offensive line, and Jordan Travis can never stay healthy and actually did not transfer over the really solid camp we saw in terms of the passing game, it, it really didn't happen for him. I know, again, you wrote about this on Warchat.com. When do you start playing Chubba Purdy, or do you? Yeah, I think it's a, you know, I get the reason there's all those questions, as you mentioned in the chat, and yeah. a lot of people uh, who are, you know, on our message boards and everywhere else clamoring for Chubba Purdy because, you know, if, if this offense is going to look like this and you see McKenzie struggling just physically – to get out of the pocket, to not trip, uh, to make throws, then and, and Jordan was not available, then it's okay, man. Maybe give this other guy a chance. I think they need to at least give him something to do in games, just just whether it's a package, whether it's a few series. Um, I agree with you. I mean, at practice, I don't see they, it when they do eleven on eleven. When they do good on good, it doesn't. The offense doesn't really go anywhere. When he's yeah. when he's with, with sometimes when he was with the twos against the twos sometimes he'll make a play here and there, but when he's been in there with the ones, you know the offense just generally doesn't go anywhere. But I would say this, you know, you got to give just like I was saying with Tamori Tate, you got to give Chubba Purdy a, a a pass in the sense that he came in last year, missed almost all preseason camp with that collarbone injury, missed the first few games of the season, then gets to play like two games then re-aggravates it, is out all of the rest of that season, is out all yeah. of spring practice, comes back, gets cleared for fall camp. So he's basically practiced, I don't know, in his life two months at Florida State over the last yeah. two years. So his best it, – it's not fair to say he it's he's not the guy, but I think that's why I would figure out a way to get him in games just to see more of him and see what he does in games and what he could give you because you – at this point, man, you're 0-4. You've lost two of the games you really thought you were going to win. Yeah. at home and Jacksonville State at home. As you said, maybe you're going to win three games this season. It might only maybe. be two games this season. Right. So I just feel like at this point, it's not so much about what what gives us every opportunity to win these games. It's they really need to be looking at next year. And Mackenzie Milton's not going to be here next year. And I'm not saying that that means you got to give Chubb all these reps because that could go south. But I do think you need to get him in the, in games just to see what he can do. And and I, it may be that his running is the best thing he does. And may, maybe if he – because he's a willing runner, maybe that opens up more for that running game, that identity that, that people want. I think that's the most frustrating thing is when you see the way Jay Sean Corbin has run this year and you know what Trayshawn Ward can be and then mm-hmm. DJ Williams – and Lawrence Tofield, and he gets back, and his athletics, you know, his they've his got running backs. Face. They do, they do. Yeah, 
if you that's why I felt like Jordan Travis would be the perfect fit for this this team and those Just can't stay but he can't stay healthy and even when he was he didn't look like the same runner so maybe that's why I would give Chubba pretty a look and it's not saying hey Chubba go start this game but figure out a way to get him in a couple series just to give him a chance. And then maybe by the end of the year, you know, whether or not, is this a guy we can play with in 2022 or not? Yeah, it's a weird conundrum. Uh, you, you don't want to ruin a kid at the same time. What do you have to lose? And, 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 and if you do it in a limited way, I don't think you're ruining him. I mean, if, if, you yeah, know, yeah. to me, if you put him out there for 50, 60 snaps and he's just getting beat up to death and he's yeah. throwing five picks, that's yeah. one thing. I'm just saying, man, find him some series. Because I I I was critical of them doing that a little bit earlier this season because I thought they they messed with the rhythm of the quarterbacks by doing it when they did it. But man, at that point, your outlook on the season was a lot different than it is right now. You know, I thought they that was one of the reasons they lost the Jacksonville State game. At this point, man, I don't know if it matters if you lose. I mean, how many games are you going to win anyway? Um, yeah. So no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think you got to try to win the games. Like, if you have a more competent – so so I would say, like, I think you can beat Syracuse. I'm not sure you can beat Syracuse. They're better than we thought they were going to be before the start of the season. And I would tell you this, them beating Liberty gives me pause because I think – I'm not real sure we beat Liberty. So, <laughs> so yeah, you know, I mean – If you look at total defense, and I haven't watched yeah. all of Syracuse's games – yeah. But in total defense, I think they're like tenth in the country. They're giving up like two hundred something yards a game. They've actually played really well, and and uh, I mean relative, it's relative, of course. But they have played well, and I'm a degenerate gambler, so I pay attention to these things. And uh, like they're not a team you can bet against right now. They've they've played really really well. Um, yeah, so there's no guarantees you win this next game, and there's you know, I mean, I th- I do think it's a guarantee you beat UMass. I really believe that. I know the counter to that is going to be well, you lost Jacksonville State. Yeah, well, they treated Jacksonville State like a goddamn glorified scrimmage, and that killed them. And then they gave up a fluke play at the end, and that's one of the reasons we're having these crazy conversations. Now now we know you can't treat anybody like a scrimmage. You're not good enough, and that was the real misstep for Mike Norvell and his staff, and it's something that the fans are not going to forgive for an awfully long time. And, and they're right. They're right. That was unforgivable to, to a certain degree. But I do think if you take everybody serious from this point forward and you try to execute your offense and you play the way that you're capable of on defense, you got a good chance to win the Syracuse game. And then I think you'll win the UMass game. Every other game, not real sure that Florida State's going to win those games. So the point would be, if we're looking at a 2-10 and 10 type campaign or a 3-9 and nine campaign, I've got to see guys that I'm going to be able to fight with next year and the year after. i got to find out what I have, who I need to recruit over more aggressively, right? Uh, all that stuff has to be something that I learn in these coming weeks. And with Chuba, uh, you know, I don't know that I would put him out there a lot against Syracuse, but in some of these other games where I'm not sure it really matters who you start, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I want to find something. I want to find what, what he can be. The bottom line is they're going to have to hope like hell A.J. Duffy comes in here and is ready to play from day one. They just don't have a good quarterback on this roster. They just don't. Well, I mean, that's it's probably a lot to ask. I mean, do some freshman quarterbacks do have success right away? But I just feel like you're not going to know. I'd like to see them go in the transfer portal again and maybe got to get it is is more closer to a a sure thing if they can. Even at the upside, I think Mackenzie Milton. The 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 hope was that the ceiling was really high if he came back and was anything close to what he was before. Um, but the the basement has been lower than probably they expected. Now you need to f- find somebody that doesn't have quite as low of a basement. Uh, maybe the ceiling isn't as high, but maybe something <laughs> more of a sure thing. Um, somebody asked about Brian Robinson at wide receiver. Here's a guy that people might have expected to play more. Four-star recruit in the 20 – Never healthy, Ira. 2019. But he has been out there some, and he looks the part physically. He's but huge. He, yeah, he's – I mean – I think he's a tight end, Ira. I think before he leaves, he's a tight end. He's a <laughs> massive guy. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's it's just been inconsistent in practice. I mean, some drops here and there. Um, and clearly has not won the confidence of the coaching staff. Uh, and then there were questions earlier about Ron Dugans and the job he's done. You, I mean, yeah, you can't give – right now, there's nothing you – I like Ron Dugans. You do too. But there's nothing you can say that says, oh, for sure, he's doing a great job because that group is not performing. And no, it just, right. it just that's the reality of it. So uh, Ron Dugans, like you said, gets asked a lot about and, – and we love Ron Dugans – 
you know, the man and what he was as a player here. Um, but there's no doubt uh, so far we're seeing no evidence that he's doing a good job with the receivers. Um, I think there's there's a, there's a chance that, you know, we at the end of the year, you really sit down and you evaluate every coach that you have on your roster. And, and they're in a predicament in a lot of ways because continuity, they've got to have some continuity. And so I don't, I'm not eager to fire people right now. And we could get into the convoluted discussion of why it was okay for Willie to be fired and it's not okay for Norvell to be fired. I had this conversation today with Monty Jones um, and, and it was a good conversation. But I mean, the point would be there are reasons that have nothing to do with the record. And that's the important part here. It has nothing to do with the record, but you do have to see player development. And right now, when what I'm seeing at receiver, uh, that is lacking. Um, and it hurts because he's a null. It hurts because we love him, but I'm not seeing it. It's the same thing with like Coach Marv. When you talk to Coach Marv, by the way, and I know he's not an old, but when you talk to Coach Marv, that guy's smart. He's interesting. He's fun to talk to. Man, he's not recruiting well, and our linebackers are terrible. Right. So I do think that you're going to assess all of this stuff at the end of the year. I don't know that you're going to make sweeping changes, but there could be some guys that depart. Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to have to look at it without question, especially if you go uh, two and ten, Ira. And then, uh, well, Jeremy just asked about Jeff Sims. That's another one. That over the, this was like the worst weekend for Mike Norvell in the sense of, other than the fact that Jimbo and Willie both lost. That's the only positive <laughs> thing that happened yeah. to Mike Norvell. I didn't but, see uh, that. Willie lost? I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah they got clobbered by Air Force. But um, but Jeff wow. Sims uh, had a good game for Georgia Tech. They had a big win against North Carolina. Sure. This is, every time Jeff Sims has a good game, this is what people are going to say, and I, and I get it, because yeah. the perception is that Mike Norvell turned him away. Uh, let's look at the – the big body of work. Jeff Sims has also had some really bad games. Um, yeah. So we'll have to see, you know, every time he plays well, people want to ask, Hey, did Mike Norvell blow it? When Georgia tech plays, terrible. he might have, by the way, by the way, I he might have blown it. I'm he not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not disputing that. Yeah, he, uh, may, saying, he may have blown it. Yeah. It's not like Jeff Sims has lights it up every time he plays. And, and I, and I know he's been banged up. Um, so we'll see. Uh, but, it, but even if it, you know, he may have, he may have missed on that for sure. hundred percent. Yeah, he could have. Um, and especially if Chubba Purdy doesn't t- turn out to be any more than what we've seen before. Um, another question about Tate Rodemaker. Tate Rodemaker, if you if you looked at if, if they did a quarterback, oh skill, man, they did yeah. a quarterback skills competition. He wins. He wins. And they just put those guys out there. He's the guy that looks like an NFL quarterback. He's got a great body. He throws it. He's got a very good arm. Um, but when they play eleven on eleven, he throws the ball to the other team, makes them just too risky decisions. So I just think that's the problem. If he can ever get past that, yeah, man, I, he he definitely has the athletic ability to, to play quarterback at a high level. He just has to get past that. So I would tell you that, um, yeah, very well maybe that they they whiffed on the Jeff Sims decision. Um, Tate Rodemaker absolutely looks the part. Go back to the spring game. Have you ever seen a coach angrier and more frustrated? Now, I don't want to give away – company secrets, but I was on the headset for the spring game. And I can tell you their frustration with him is um, interesting. I mean, they really have a hard time articulating how frustrated they are with him because in, in, in fairness, one of the reasons they are is because he's talented, Ira. He is talented, but, but when, when the lights are on, as you said, and that ball is snapped and you got to make a decision and you got to make a throw, Something happens. Something happens, and it ain't good. And so at some point, you cut bait. You know, I mean, he's here. You're not going to kick him off the team. He's a good kid. He works hard. But he just may not be able to play. Uh, Sometimes, and nobody likes to ever say this, but sometimes you got guys, and you watch them, and you get about two and a half years in, and you go, can't play. We missed on the evaluation. Can't play. Happens. I think the, that uh, may be where they're at with him. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, you don't know if the light can turn on or not. You know, I think that's – and they've got several players on this team at different positions that you have that question with. At what point do you say, mm-hmm. okay, it's not going to happen? I think there's some of these guys that we've talked about on defense that have gotten a ton of playing time over the last two or three years but do not play winning football. And so mm-hmm. do you start moving away from those guys and play – more of these young guys again in a season where you may only win two or three football games, maybe at most. 
Yeah, it's it's tough, man. I mean, I think that's the hardest part is that a lot of people, and this has been, by the way, very reasonable group here tonight on the chat. Good job, guys. Um, you know, I was on a chat last night after the game, and you have a lot of fucking morons. Um, and uh, it's uh, just, you know, it's just it's the anger gets the best of them. I get it. Uh, and I'm not better than anybody else. I get it. I, I just it's guys. You got to wake up and realize that we are in the midst of a major rebuild. This team is not going to be good anytime soon. So what you're gauging week to week has to shift from what your hopes are to what the reality says. And that's all I'm going to say is that you've got to find some things week to week to latch on to. And no, it's not a case of, oh, moral victories. It's a case of embracing reality. And the reality is, and it's hard to stomach for all of us, the reality is this is not a good roster, it's not a good team, and this coaching staff has done a poor job up to this point. But what happens moving forward? What happens for Florida State moving forward? And, you know, you, you don't have many options at this point, but to evaluate what you do have, try to figure out who you can win with, and I guess just be reasonable in regards to what that time – span is because it's not next year either ira um they're not good next year until this offensive line gets appreciably better they're not good next year either i would say they this be, though man they can not, be they can be better they're not this roster is not lose to jacksonville state at home bad this roster is not be 31 seven down in the that's first why half i said the bad. coaching job has done a poor job right i'm I know, i'm just saying so but when you say the roster is bad people hear it as okay so you're saying it's the roster no, the, the roster is terrible, yeah, but the coaches but the, have done a terrible job up to this point, right. without question. Right. That you cannot lose to Jacksonville State. You cannot. 100%. And and by the way, Ira, I dare say, had they not lost to Jacksonville State and they were one in three, and the games had played out the way that they had, would this be a little bit different, at least in terms of the way that people view this group? I think so. Oh, for sure. I mean, it, even if it had been an ugly win against Jacksonville State, you would have had the excuse of, oh, hey, it was six days later. And then Wake Forest, it turns out, maybe the best team in the ACC. So losing there wouldn't be the end of the world when you look back on it. The you know the first half against Louisville is ridiculous, and that you just so you just you're running out of reasons. Um, Jeremy has our favorite uh, musical groups of all time, The Who. Man, I'm a Who fan. I don't know, uh, Jeff. Do you have a single? I know you're a huge music guy. Do you have a single favorite? Yeah, it's, it's usually by uh, genre. But I do love that you said the Who because it's one of my favorite bands too. Uh, the Replacements, for a lot of reasons, for me is probably uh, really high on that list. And then I was—I um, don't know, man. I, I mean, I'm mean also, uh, you know, whether we're going, you know, I, I don't want to. I'm gonna sound like an elitist prick. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like I like jazz and I like blues and I like rap and I like speed metal. Sure, and so sure. I probably I, I probably have a band for every genre that i really really like and um that's fair yeah so i mean it, it would probably be different like, like i uh when i was when i was a kid i uh when i say i was a kid when i was in high school early college man nobody moved me more than public enemy um i learned so much uh from them um and then just like to see the world in a different way uh, and then, you know, the same thing goes for bands that are totally outside of that genre. Like I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Slayer um, and people would say, what in the world? But, you know, it's it's each genre. Uh, I love the Stones, love the Who, love the Kinks. Um, we can go on and on for days, um, you know, but uh, anyhow, to try to give, uh, uh, was it Jeremy, uh, an answer? Um yeah, man, God, we could, I could talk music for hours. We could do a four-hour show about music. Uh, I could go down that rabbit hole, uh, rabbit hole really easy. Um, so I, I guess, I mean, I, I'm sure I offended some people here tonight, but I, I do think that uh, we need as a fan base to be more realistic about what we are and, and where we're going and, uh, and how long it's going to take to get there. I guess that's what I would say. I mean, I, I do think it's going to take a little while, Ira, and I don't think we want to continue to do this thing over and over again where every week we talk about, you know, just how terrible the team is because they are terrible. I mean, I think if well, you no, accept I'm agree with you. And, and I, I, you know, this is what I was texting with. Um, I think I was texting with Corey last night. But if, you, if you're not going to come away from that game, especially the way they played in the second half, if you're not going to come away from really the end of the second quarter through the second half 
if you're not going to take any hope out of that, then man, mm. don't don't watch this team anymore because yeah. that's as good as it gets. And as bad as they played in the first 20, 25 minutes, they played outstanding the rest of the way. And and if all you're going to focus is on at the end of that game is say, well, we're 0-4 again and not appreciate, and I think that's the point you've been trying to make. If you're if you're going to refuse to appreciate what they did in that second half, really starting at the end of the second quarter, then you probably shouldn't be watching anymore because that's the only that's the only good thing you're going to have. They're not going to flip a switch and become no. Great. Yeah, but, what they but, think is going to happen that we're going to go if, like win the next eight games? But but if you can have those moments more often, then at least you feel like you're heading in the right direction. But you're right, man. It's that Jacksonville State game that people are going to kill him, you know, for a long time for that. It's going to take a long, long time for people to get over that. So people say, what will it take for people to begin to believe in this coaching staff? And I say two, maybe three years. So it's like yeah. nobody wants to hear that. Um when I was having a conversation today about this very thing, about what's different, a lot of it has to do with structure and organization. And I think when you talk to players, and Ira, you talk to a ton of players, when you talk to players, they they still believe. They believe in the messaging. They believe in the work ethic. They believe in the organization. They believe in what they're doing. We'd like to see that turn into wins, but you can't snap your fingers and make that happen. If those players – and if the people in the athletic department were not buying into the messaging and the organization and the day-to-day operations of this coaching staff, we would be having a very different conversation. So that really kind of gives you all the evidence you need to talk about why things are different. The losing is the losing. It's bad. They should have never lost to Jacksonville State. He miscalculated what he could treat that game as. I'm sure he regrets it in a way that we can't begin to understand because he knows he just made his job that much more difficult. You know, it's funny. In a way, this game's a microcosm of that in in, in some ways, and I know we got to wrap it up. But Ira, I was thinking about how, you know, we had – you remember you had professors or or even go back to high school or middle school where you had teachers that were hell-bent on making you show your work and hand in all your homework and all that. Now, you took the test and you understood the concepts and you got hundreds on your test, right? You, you kicked ass because you got it. You understood it. And then you failed. You, you, you didn't hand in your homework. You didn't hand in. You didn't show all your work. And the teachers gave a lot of importance to that. And so all of a sudden, you go from getting an A to a C. And you're like, what the hell, man? I get it. I got 100 on all the tests. And they're saying, yeah, but you didn't do this and you didn't do this and you didn't do this. It's maddening. That Jacksonville State game, like, like, Mike, you've done all these things right. You've, you've, you've worked hard. You've put these kids in a good position. They've bought in. All the recruiting visits, all those weekends have gone exceedingly well. You lost to fucking Jacksonville State, Mike. You can't do that. You've got to do the little things. You just got to go ahead and win that game. I mean, I, I don't know. That might not be a great analogy, but you get no, what no, I'm saying, right? No, no, exactly what you're saying. I mean, that's the, it's a – you you could have used that game to do the things you wanted to do after you had the game in hand. Like you could Correct. start off doing those things and then get yourself in that kind of a situation. You could have rotated quarterbacks, done whatever you wanted in the second half, but you couldn't have done it early. And then and then with a team like this that is this fragile. So we'll see, man. At the end of the day, it's all gonna, I mean, it's all gonna play out. We're gonna see whether this progress that you believe is is tangible, whether mm-hmm. or not that continues. To, to show up. If it doesn't, then man, it didn't matter. And we're going to be right back to where we were. Uh, but if they can build on it, yeah, man, then there's, you know, a chance that things are trending in the right direction. I'm just glad that they showed something because man, it midway through that second quarter, I was thinking the same thing. We were all thinking that dude, this ship is sinking. Um, so it's big. Yeah. That it didn't. It's big that it didn't. Well, and, and I guess we'll put a ribbon on it. We'll say good night. I don't know what they would have even done then. Ira. I mean, well, I'm not saying, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what's so hard. It's like, what if the good news is that it didn't happen. And and the bad news is, like, man, they're going to continue to lose games, guys. I just, you, you're going to turn on the TV each week or you're, you're going to go to games and you, you're going to have to realize they're just going to lose a bunch of games. They're not good. Um, I, it, it's tough. It's, it's hard to watch. I understand the frustration. I get that this is a nuanced conversation. 
And I and I hope everybody understands that that it's not as simple as fire this guy, fire that guy. Right. Why bench, didn't you do this? Bench, yeah. bench this guy, play this yeah, guy. Yeah, it's not that. It's not that. It's so much more than that. And it's going to take a while. Um, all right, guys. I think that's it for now. Uh, I would love to do one of these with Ira, in which we're talking about a win. <laughs> At some point, one day, buddy, one day, dare to dream. So, hey, so do you think next week's Sunday Smash is that? Uh, are we going to be talking about a win, dude? I mean, here's the thing: if the defense does, doesn't even have to play quite the way it played in the last 35 minutes of that game. If they just play competently, then yes, I do think so. I think Syracuse is going to have a hard time coming down here and scoring and. and you would think Syracuse should not be able to come down here and score a lot of points, but I didn't think Louisville would either. So, so we'll have to see. Um, and then offensively, yeah, man, I, you know, that's it is going to be a challenge for them because I think Syracuse's defense is pretty good. Uh, but I you like question. to think that they can do more against Syracuse's offense. Over under passing yards given up in the first quarter next week, 140. Man, if it's over, <laughs> grief. We'll see, man. We'll see. Here's hoping. Here's hoping they found something. Let's. All yeah. I want, win, lose, or draw. It would be cool if next week we're sitting here talking and, and we could say, you know what, Jeff, you were right. They did find something. Yeah. In that, yeah. Uh, in that Louisville game defensively. It'll be the first thing I bring up, Ira. Oh, um, for sure, it should be. <laughs> hey, for Ira Chappelle, I'm Jeff Cameron. Great job, Matthew, and uh, for, great job to all watching. of you. Thanks for watching so much. It's great to be with you every Sunday. We'll do it again next week, win or lose. Enjoy Sunday night football, whatever you're doing. Enjoy your evening. We'll talk to you again next week. Be good, everybody.